0: Hey, welcome to The Conversation. You're listening to Andy Mason, and this is authentic conversations around the messy intersection of faith, family, and business. And it's Christmas week, so Merry Christmas. And that's really the topic of this. It's interesting, this uh, last Sunday, as sitting in church, and during worship actually, and just started to think about the phrase, Merry Christmas. And I know that's got some fantastic meaning Christ Mass. It's about prayer. But actually, I just play on those words, Christ Mess. Mary, Christ in your mess. That would be what I'd highlight that to you today. And that's what I want to talk about is is actually what this is all about, what that looks like, and some practical tools that you can arm yourself, equip yourself with as you go into this season. With all that's going on all around you, there's some tools that can help. So uh, as I was thinking about this, writing down some notes, and then the person who spoke on Sunday spoke on the same thing. I'm thinking, oh my gosh, I'm hearing right. And then somebody else sent an email about something similar around messy. Uh, It's messy. It feels messy. Yes, it is messy, and it's okay. So bring us back to this story of the Savior of the world who is prepared, I mean, according to the Scripture, it's prepared before time began God had this plan so he plans it out there's thousands of years that goes into this and finally the Messiah is born the fulfillment of all this prophecy into what into a barn like really couldn't you come up with something better more organized more planned more prepared then there's no room like surely you had enough time to prepare for this God Joseph this is your family Like this is where your family is from. Surely there's someone there that your pregnant wife, you didn't take care of this. I don't know about you, but if that was me taking my wife uh, anywhere and it's not organized and prepared and she's pregnant, I haven't even thought of sorting that out. Uh, You know, we would have some conversations, but I'm thinking this was messy. This was unprepared. This was seemingly disorganized. Or was it? Not only that, it was a time in history where the Jews were under occupation by the Romans. Now, this wasn't some beautiful, nice uh, occupation. This was actually a brutal governing force that occupied by force. So, Romans controlling, dominating the Jews. That's, That's not fun. That would not have been fun times. If you look up things around what that looked like in history. there was a lot of poverty there was a lot of injustice. there was a lot of things going on that was not fun. It was a mess Jesus came into that time. Uh, not only that is we've got Joseph who is called a just man. He's engaged to get married to this woman you know what they say about t- 13 years old now that's if you're asking me that's messy in itself. We're not going to jump into that one, but the fact of he's engaged to this girl. He's a good man, and then he finds out she's actually pregnant. Um, I don't know about you, but that's not a wanted pregnancy. That is, that is awkward. That is embarrassing. That is messy. And I love it how the Bible says that because he was a good man, he was going to put her away quietly. He was going to quietly uh, exit the engagement and move on. So a just person would do that. An unjust person would loudly proclaim, look what happened, look what they did. Uh, They'd spout it all over social media and the news and, and report it to make themselves look good or innocent of this. Joseph was a good man, and he wasn't going to engage in that social discourse. He was going to quietly put her away. But then an angel shows up to him in a dream and tells him, This is of the Lord. What is conceived in her, this idea, this thought, this person, this being, this son of God, son of man, it is of the Lord. Actually proceed with it. So you've got a just man, you've got an unjust man, and then you've got a spirit led man. Doesn't look right, doesn't seem right, it's really really messy, but God is in this. And I want to highlight that to you. It was incredibly messy. You've got the creator of the universe putting Jesus into an unwed woman, uh, a virgin in a dysfunctional society with an oppressive regime, and it's not even organized into what we would have thought a palace or at least a decent hotel slash home with a relative. No, they're actually in the barn. It's messy, it's poopy, it stinks. And yet, that's where the creator of the universe chose to insert a savior for you and me. That gives me hope. Not only that, but then he chooses to announce this glad news, glad tidings of great joy. Who to? To the rich, the famous, no to the celebrities, no to the experts of sight, no to a bunch of shepherds, the lowest in the working class The shepherds out looking after their sheep at night. And boom, angel choir shows up saying, Hey, I just had a kid, man. I just had a kid. Why would you tell a bunch of no names, nowhere? But something about this whole story just speaks to us again and again and again. Number one is Jesus inserted into Messie. Christ mess Christ in our mess this whole story of you need a saviour from something otherwise you don't have a saviour and Jesus was born into the middle of our mess so if Jesus didn't ignore it then why should you as well stop pretending that your life is clean and tidy and looks good it doesn't, it's a mess even on good days there's things that go wrong or not perfect or off It's okay, you need a savior. You need someone to help you. You cannot do this by yourself. The amount of conversations I've had with people in the last week that something goes bad so they go quiet, especially guys. I'm sure you women talk about this much better and get solution and comfort, but us guys, something's going wrong, it's like, no, I'll take care of it. So we go silent and try and do it by ourselves. Then we hide and we end up with false comfort. Let's not talk about that, because that goes nowhere good, false comforts. But the Bible says, James 5.16, confess your problem, your sin, what's going wrong, the mess to someone else. Then you're actually no longer silent, but you actually have a conversation communicating, this is what I need, this is what's going on, I feel scared, I'm upset, whatever it may be. Then what happens? Then you pray for one another. This is James 5.16, That's what happens when you share what's going on. And then it says, and you will be healed. What's that? You get actually healthy comfort. Then what happens? Actually, you grow. That's the right way to go. Number one, don't pretend your life is not messy. Life is messy, people. Welcome Christ in the mess. Number two is Jesus didn't avoid the mess. He actually landed right in the middle of it there wasn't even some nice fancy camping blow-up bed it was into the manger where the animals eat out of whether that's a bunch of straw or something better that they have i don't know but that's messy he didn't avoid it he actually i think he not only didn't he avoid it he actually intentionally came into the middle of our mess and it's the same for you don't avoid it that's number one number two actually jump right into it. Jump into the middle of it. Lean into it. Actually just be truthful to yourself and the people around you. I'm struggling. This is not working. It's messier than I want. I thought I thought my nephew was going to come and stay with us for Christmas and he's just been tested positive for COVID. I'm really really disappointed. I'm really disappointed because I was so looking forward to him coming. I was so looking forward to going running Just be honest about it. This is what happened. That's actually what happened for us. There's a ton of other things going on that's messy. Don't avoid it. Jump right into it. That's what Jesus did. You need a savior. I need a savior. I cannot do this by myself. History would say those that try end up with a bigger mess. So actually invite help. Ask help. Have a conversation. So number three, how do you do this? So here's three simple keys that will really practically help you in this process uh these i've actually stolen ford taylor in his book Relational leadership talks about these things i've done this he's put language to things that i do that i just think is really really helpful number one is an apology how do you apologize because some of us don't actually know how to and his process is really good number two is how we approach people and situations. And number three is actually having people around us. So number one is a six-step apology. Uh, This is what I did. I was wrong. I'm sorry. Would you, or when you can, would you forgive me? I give you permission to hold me accountable not to do that again. And the final, number six, is there anything else that I need to apologize for? Those Six simple steps will really, really help you in cleaning up a mess. This is what I did, I was wrong. I'm sorry, would you forgive me? Or when you can, would you be willing to forgive me? This is what I'm gonna do differently, or I give you permission to hold me accountable not to do this again. And number six, Is there anything else that I need to clean up with you? Is there anything else that I need to apologize for? So that's the first step in terms of how we're going about this mess. Understand an apology and the importance of that. Don't say, I would like to apologize, actually apologize. I apologize for, this is what I did, I was wrong, I'm sorry, would you forgive me? And then pause and give them a response. Don't say, hey, it's not a problem, no, Actually, I forgive you. It's powerful words that actually carry weight. So proceed with that. So that's the six-step apology. Second thing is how we approach people. Really, really good. And I love this statement. There is always something going on that I don't know about. There's always something going on uh, in relationships. It's like, well, they said this. Well, how do you know there's not something else going on? A great example of this is I had a colleague at one point and I would go in and she was the office administrator and I'm the nicest guy around. Like I would love to please people, I'm kind, I'm courteous, I'm proactive. So I'm meeting with this office administrator and she's really, really grumpy with me. And after a few times experiencing this, I'm thinking, man, am I doing something wrong? No, I'm not doing something wrong. So what's, what's going on here? So I wanted to go in and say something nasty and challenging to her. But thankfully, I slowed down and said, hey, are you okay? Is everything okay? And she immediately says, oh, look, I'm so sorry. I've been grumpy with you. It's been for no reason of yours. I've actually got a condition where the lining of my intestines is coming away from the intestine that causes me intense pain. And when I'm in intense pain, I don't realize how short and difficult and grumpy I am with people. Would you forgive me? That simple process of finding out something that I had no idea a moment before releases grace, releases vulnerability, helps build trust. So there's always something more. But go in with 100% love. Go in with 100% truth. I'm not hiding, I'm not minimizing what's happened. I'm walking with this. And then that is 100% humility. I might be wrong, and that's okay. But this process of working this out together, we will come up with a solution that'll work better for us. So number one, the apology. Number two, how we approach people. There's always something that we don't know that can change everything. Understand, go in with 100% love, 100% truth, 100% humility, and then see what God will do. And then the final key in terms of how we go about this is to understand that you were not born to be alone. You're not born to do this alone. So what Ford calls bumper buddies, I call baseball bat covenant friends, people that you're actually holding yourself accountable, you're doing life with. Here's a fun one. I was in a meeting this morning with a bunch of business people, and we were talking about what we're focused on over the next two weeks. And one of the guys says, "I might turn my phone off for two days." So we mess with him and said, "You might do it." So is that you just like might? Like, are you or are you not going to do this? Finally, says, "Okay, I will." And I say, "You know what? I think I could do the same thing as well. Actually, I'm not going to think I am. I am going to." So we're going to turn our phones off together. I then invited Kim into a calendar appointment so that we both remind each other and hold one another accountable to something really awesome so that we can be fully present with our families and not distracted by what's going on on our phone or any potential work things that come up. What's the point? It's having that person in your life that you can hold yourself accountable to, that you can encourage one another. You are not designed to do this alone. So number one You need a Savior, you need a Savior from something. Stop pretending there's not messy. Just call it what it is. It's a mess, and I'm on it. Number two is uh, not only did Jesus come into the mess, he didn't avoid it. He actually jumped right in. So number one, don't avoid it. Don't pretend. Number two, jump right in. Lean into it. And you'll find that there's grace and help and hope in the midst of this journey because that's what Jesus did for us. Number three, how we do that. We do that with an apology. Uh, We do that by going into situations knowing that I might be wrong. Perhaps this is just me. Perhaps there's something going on that I don't understand. It's likely that that is the case, but I'm gonna go in with 100% humility, 100% love and 100% truth. And then another part of how I go in is I have somebody with me, holding me accountable to what is awesome not just what we can get by with not just against not doing something stupid but according to what is awesome and the final thing i'd say is the power of communion is take time to have communion is protect that time with jesus in the beginning of the day remember what he's done this covenant his blood his body broken curse broken for you his blood that paid the price for something that you could never accomplish in your own ability. Remember that. Do that. Do that daily. Do that regularly to remember that you're a part of a global family. You have access to a covenant in Christ that was made possible by Him inserting into the mess. I bless you with that. Trust you'll have a great day. Trust that you will have a wonderful Christmas. And don't hesitate to send us any questions or comments. Andy at authentic And I wish you a very, very blessed and merry Christ in your mess.